All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, the scripture that we read yesterday was Psalms, what, 139, 13, 14. It says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And yesterday we talked a little bit. We broke this whole verse down pretty much layer by layer. But we talked about how God formed our inward parts. He just didn't form our spleen, liver, heart. And lungs. He also formed the inward giftings, the inward talents, the inward uh, 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 personality that he placed in it. So how the, the, the items that you or not the items, but the personality trait that you receive, that that's no coincidence that you're hardwired that way. Now, no matter what you try to do in life, you can't run away from who you are. Right. I can't run away from being a black man. Uh, I can bleach my skin. I can't run away from being a man. No matter what. I'm, that's who I am. That's how I was wired. That's how I was made. It says, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together, meaning that God brought you in here fully equipped, fully completed uh, with all the things that he wants you um, to utilize to complete um, your assignment in this world. And we also talked about how um, no um, uh, artist, no uh, carpenter, nobody shows up without their tools. So um, that's why many of us, we're connected with people whose tools uh, we're pulling from, but they can't really help us, right? And it says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It's hard for us to praise God and to really raise our praise to him if we don't even know that he was actually uh, uh, the one that fearfully and made us. Go ahead, fam. Uh, uh, 19. Uh, what's this, right? Uh, 18. I think the first slide. Yeah, the first. Page 18. Uh, let's focus, everybody. Focus, focus. Uh, it says, I praise you, for I am fearful. We talked about fearfully means what? He made us respectfully. What does wonderfully made mean? Good. He made us unique, right? It says, wonderful are your works. This is the psalmist saying. He's saying, man, as I'm reflecting on you forming my inward parts, and I'm, as I'm reflecting with you, I don't want to compete with anyone. Please, 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 please. Don't let me compete with you when I'm giving the word. You don't want to see that side of me. I, I, you really don't. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. So the psalmist is saying, hey, man, I am fully aware of just how wonderful you made me. So right now with your personality, you got to say, God, you made me this way. You made me to think this way. You made me to feel this way. You made me with these gifts and wonderful are your words. It's crazy how we wonder about other people's uh, wonderfulness that we forget about how wonderfully made we are. Right. It says wonderful are your works. My soul. What are the, some parts of our soul we talked about yesterday? Thoughts, memories, emotions. I think the rest is kind of like, okay, ideas, we said. We said our knowledge is in our one, two, three, four, five. This is on our wisdom. Wisdom, yep. And there's one, oh, perspective. Perspectives. So each area of my soul has to know that I'm wonderfully made. So, for instance, our thoughts, we talked about that. I think we labeled on that. I think it was econ, though. But our thoughts have to reflect on how wonderfully made we are. What are some negative thoughts that contradict that verse 14 that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? What are some thoughts that directly go against that? Some negative thoughts. Physical insecurity. Physical insecurity. So, for instance... Uh, well, you're not as tall as him or 
You're not as pretty as her, right? Or, or you're not as whatever, whatever. And so now you begin to turn a deaf ear and a blind eye to how God made you. And I said Sunday Bible class Sunday, I said, I only have to be handsome to one woman. I'm not going to be insecure on my day and be like, do she think I'm pretty? Do that woman think I'm... All I have to worry about is if Brittany and Ezzie think I'm handsome. That's all that matters. So I don't compete with how tall another guy is or how much money another man has or whatever. It's because my thoughts will always reflect in praising God, saying, God, I am thankful that you made me or placed me here um, to serve students and, and to have a YouTube channel to write books and, and to help so many people. So my thoughts have to reflect that I'm wonderfully made and fearfully made. How does bad memories go against um, verse 14 that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? What are some bad memories that we can have? Pain. pain. Give me an example of, of, of a pain. Uh, why you said what? Dying, dying from walking down the stairs? What? Why I see what you're saying. Well, so a memory. So let's go through this path, right? It's significant moments. Significant moments create significant memories. Significant memories create significant momentum. And significant momentum creates significant movements. And it creates the cycle. You'll never forget a significant moment in your life. You'll never forget it. You'll never forget uh, um, your best birthday. You'll never forget your worst birthday. You'll never forget that first major breakup. You'll never forget um, that moment where your mom made you feel like crap. Your dad made you feel like crap. You'll never forget significant moments. The devil loves for us to operate here or for us to create unnecessary moments. Moments either we commit or moments committed against us. Moments that we commit is where he tempts you to do something. That you're not mature enough to manage. And we talked about how, you know, people who have sex or people who do drugs or people whatever. He wants you to uh, be advertised on the idea of it is not as bad as they say it is. Like, like the devil wants to overly hype how fun certain things are. He wants to overhype it because he knows if you only do half of the word fundamental, you won't have the mentals to really actually have the fun. So what happens is he only advertised the fun, but doesn't advertise the mentals, <clears throat> the actual mindset, the actual maturity you have to have to actually have fun. Sex is fun. Getting money is fun. All that stuff is fun, but it's not fun if you don't have the mental to go with it. You got to have the mentality to actually have the real fun with it. And so what he does is he wants to attack you here. This is one of the biggest ways the devil attacks us. Right. Because he knows that we'll we'll never forget significant moments. So, for for instance, certain activities that we do that are sin only last for like five minutes or 50 minutes. But then after that, the consequences takes five years to heal from. Right. So, he knows if I get you into significant moments, I can always use something in your memory. You'll never forget what a person's done to you. You'll never forget um, significant memories. So he knows if I get you into moments that are significant, <clears throat> I can have you have significant memories that I can always point to if you don't know how to remember differently. And if I have significant memories, I have significant momentum, meaning I have emotional passions towards it. Like, for instance, that, that um, if I was to repeat what your dad said or what your mom said or repeat 
uh, um, of what a peer has said against you, it'll trigger what? Emotions. You now got momentum. Now you got some, uh, some emotional momentum, whether it's towards hate. And some people got emotional momentum to prove their mom wrong, to prove their dad wrong, to prove their friend wrong. But that's the wrong momentum. Then he knows that when you have momentum, you start moving into more moments. Now, when a girl is insecure about herself, <clears throat> all she has to hear from some young boys that I, I love you. And since she never had heard I love you before, she will do whatever that person says because she wants to hear I love you again. Words have power. But some of these words that are spoken to us are hollow and they really can't help us. So he knows <clears throat> if your soul doesn't know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you won't remember differently. It's important to remember differently. Like, we got to remember uh, uh, differently on what your mom or dad or what a friend did or what you didn't experience. So imagine me still being hurt from the worst Christmas of 96. Imagine me being like, man, I wish I really would have kept. See, back in 1996, <laughs> boy, I sound like I walked with Jesus, didn't I? 1996, back in 1996, uh, 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 96 BC, when I was not joking, <laughs> <laughs> just joking. <clears throat> when I, in 1996, it was the best, worst Christmas ever. Best, worst Christmas. I got my first basketball goal, Chris. My uncle came over there. Uncle's uncle, see how I do? Uncle came over, helped me put up my basketball goal. I got me a 10-speed bike. Now I'm no longer walking, catching up with my friends anymore, right? And so now I had a bike and I had a hoop. Come to find out a few weeks later, my mom says we have to take both those gifts back. I got bills to pay. I promise I'll get you something down the road. So imagine watching them taking my basketball goal down. Imagine them taking my bike back to Kmart, right? That was worse. Imagine me still being like, man, I'm going to prove, you know, that, you know, what, what, if, what if everything was in that significant moment and I lived off of that? That's, that's, that's pretty insecure. That's pretty tragic, right? But how many of us are still stuck in 06? Was y'all even born in 06? No. 07. 07. So imagine y'all being stuck, still stuck in 2017. How can you live in 2022 if you're still stuck in 2012? Some people really are wasting years because they're still stuck here. All because of a significant moment that engraved in them a memory. Like most of us, the girl done already moved away. The guy done already moved away. Uh, 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 everything, the person who hurts you is gone. But the place that's hurting us the most is that we remember the times, right? So I got to always remember when I try to remember negatively that you still fearfully and wonderfully made, though. If you survived it, you can thrive from it, right? And it could be that that significant moment, God always uses, God uses scraps. God uses everything. You ever met a, a grandma, or auntie? You know, they, they use anything. They'll be like, we got, we, uh, she'll take a, a mama or a grandma will take all the leftovers in the, in the refrigerator and make a dinner. She'll, she'll take whatever's in the cupboard because he, she used all the scraps. God used all scraps. God says, pull, pull that, uh, that, that bacon ain't old. That grits, that grits don't expire for another, for another month. Get them grits, baby. <clears throat> that ramen, go to the, t I, you see what I'm saying? God used all scraps. God's going to be like, man, we don't, I don't throw anything in your life away. I'll use every significant moment to create the movement, the momentum I need for you to move into my moments. The devil wants you in significant moments where it's just the fun, but not the mentals, right? 
God wants to move you where you have the fundamentals to actually have the fun. And that's where living for Christ is, is amazing, man. But you have to know that you're fearfully wonderful made. Emotions are also in your soul. You got to feel differently. You got to feel it that you're fearfully wonderful made. You got to feel it that, that you are amazing, that God made you for such a time as this. You got to feel it. Some of us, we got negative feelings that's flooding us into moments just to repeat the cycles of emotional trauma. Your ideas have to reflect. Like when you have an idea, kids be coming to me in my office talking about, well, I, I want to write this book, but I don't think it's going to be good. How you, how you know? Don't, don't, just because you may be insecure about your ability, don't allow the insecurity to, to erase a God-given idea. Do you know each and every one of you are one idea away from being a multimillionaire? That's why I keep putting books out. Every time the Holy Spirit tells me to write a book, I put one out. Because most people stop if the number one thing they do doesn't take off. Ah, oh, it didn't take off, so I guess I'm not good. Do you know how many days you ha it takes to have an overnight success? Most of the people that are famous, rich, wealthy, unless they was born in it, it took them many days. So what happens? Like, for instance, my book, The Purpose of Singleness, that I wrote, 2000... Um, 16, that's when I published it, I believe, right? No, 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 I ain't going to say that. A video I did, a video I did, um, so a video I did back in 2000, um, so this video right here. Has 462,000 views, right? Did it nine years ago. Create a professional logo. Oh, well, uh, oh, all right. Don't tell your parents. But anyway, just joking. So this video right here, uh, I wish y'all could hear what I said. People don't know. I'm going to let you hear for yourself. Why do women not know? I'm going to start off. We're going to make sure. So right here, right here. Right before I did this video, I messed up. I stuttered so bad. We got about 70 people in that room. I stuttered. That's one of my shirts and all, all, all that kind of stuff. So I, I was so nervous. I stuttered real bad. I'm talking about I, my wife was there. We weren't married then, but she was there. We had a lot of people there, and I stuttered bad. And you hear me what I say here? We'll start over. We're going to make sure we do this right. Three we'll start over. We're going to make sure we do this right. Now, what if I would have quit after that study? You know what? We got drinks in the back, you know, sodas, juice. We got snacks, food. Tonight is not my night. This video done made me so much money. This video has got me so many subscribers at 462,000 views. That's nine years ago. So a lot of the things that we try to quit on will be the ones that put us on. Right? So I said it to say is that you can't, you got to know that you fearfully and wonderfully made to create that idea. You know what I'm saying? The stuff you told me, the stuff y'all all tell me, right? Like, fam, do it. Do it with all your soul like your soul knows that you're supposed to do that. Like, I know I'm supposed to talk. I know I'm supposed to uh, speak and, and write books. I'm going to do it. I, since I know I'm well, I'm good at it, I'm going to do it well, right? That's the mentality you got to have about all your ideas. The devil is after your ideas because he knows ideas can increase your wealth. That's why I keep producing because I'm one idea away from coming in here one day and say I'm working here. Uh, but I might be gone because, you know, uh, 
I'm rich, rich. You know what I'm saying? Now, I won't leave it for no money. I'll be here as long as God wants me to. But what I'm saying is, is that I'm one idea away. You're one idea away. You're one idea. All y'all are one idea away. But what happens is the devil wants you more invested in ideas already created. Well, I don't know why I wrote it again. So now, right now, you're wearing somebody's idea. Right now, that soap book was my idea. Right now, you're, 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 this was somebody's idea. Do you know this was in somebody's mind before? This was in somebody's mind. This was in somebody's mind. This right here, Mr. Expo. I don't know if that's his name. In somebody's mind, the twisties in, in your hair. Somebody's mind, the fade. In somebody's mind, the clippers that did it was in somebody's mind. If everything stayed in somebody's mind, will we have what we have today? Somebody thought it. Someone thought that it ought to be. What do you think should be? Right? So you got to know, man, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made to do poetry. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made to write books. And I'm going I'm to do it well because I know it very well. Your knowledge. You got to say, hey, man, I know what I know, fam. Wisdom is like, I'm, I'm going to apply it until I know it works. I, the word of God says it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to apply it because it works. And my perspectives have to change. The way I think has to be different. Oh, how I view the world is what perspectives are. You got to view things the right way. So, for you form my inward portion in me together, my mother's womb, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. I don't mean you be proud. You got to look in the mirror every day and say, wonderful are your works, God. Wonderful are your works, man. You made me dope, man. Nobody can, nobody can take me off of my position about myself. Nobody. I don't care where I'm at in life. I don't care how low life gets. I don't care where I'm at. I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, right? So the question that I have for you is what does your soul know? How can your soul glow if your soul don't know, right? How can you really shine and let people see what's inside of you if you don't even fully know very well what's inside? So three no's for your success. We'll go through this and then we'll kind of go over some of the, uh, the traits and then we'll be done for the day. Right, there's three things you got to know in order to be successful as, as you immerse your personality in society. First, you got to know God. Second, you got to know yourself. And thirdly, you got to know others. Know God, know yourself, and know others. Why are those three no's important? Holistically, together. Why, why are those three? You have to know those three very well in order to do very well in society. Knowing God, knowing yourself, and knowing others. I got you. Knowing God. How can you trust a God you don't know? Some of us only know God at a small level. So when you face a big devil and you only know God at a small level, you can't be raised up to another level. You can't. I got to know God. I got to know my God's big. I wish I could write it. All down this board. <clears throat> Your circumstances to a big God is that. I don't care what you're facing right now. That little dot compared to how big God is, no comparison. So I got to know my God is big. I have to know my God is faithful. I have to know my God is loving. I have to know my God is kind. I have to know these things. Second, I got to know myself. I tell people, if you don't know God, you won't know you. If you don't know you, you won't know what you're supposed to do. If you don't know what you're supposed to do, you won't know your who. 
You won't know who you're supposed to marry. Because I'm telling you, the second biggest decision you're going to make in life is who you're going to marry. Because it's called partnership. Partnerships, marriage, friendships are expensive. <laughs> Man, love costs more than just your little gifts and money and, and time. Like, 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 like partnerships, relationships and stuff like that, that they get free stuff. Did you have to pay for that? You have to pay for that. Did you, did you, whatever you got for your birthday, did you have to pay for it? It cost somebody though, right? The issue is, if I don't know myself enough, I will partner with the wrong people. Right now, what does your friend actually have to offer you? If you're going to pour something free into a friend, what you getting back? <laughs> if all you getting back is, is pushback and you're not really getting anything back, then maybe that's not the person you should have backing you. Some of us, we got to know ourselves so much that, for me, for instance, for me, I love myself so much, I don't need a friend. I'm, what I mean by that, I don't mind having a friend, but I don't need a friend. I'm over here like, oh my gosh, I need a friend. No, no, no. I'm straight. You have to be so, you have to be so in love with yourself, so good with yourself that even, for instance, for me, which will never happen when I say this, I have to know God loves me so much to the point where I love me so much that even if my wife leaves, even if my daughter said kick rocks, pops, it, it don't matter who forsakes me, I'm still good. People are going to leave you. People, the people you dating right now, you might not even met. Do you know? Well, I ain't gonna go that deep. What I'm saying is, you want big dog love. You want that puppy love. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, off my sofa. But you gotta know yourself. <laughs> you have to know yourself because if you know yourself, when you know yourself, right? You want to show yourself to everyone. When you know yourself, you'll say, you know what? I'm flattered that you want to be my friend. I'm flattered that you want to be my man. I'm flattered that you want to be my girl. I'm flattered. But I'm straight. I'm good. Because I know that you're really no good for me. Because let me tell you something about what I've learned as I grew up in life. There's two people that I am. I'm Joshua. I don't know if I said this in front of y'all, but you'll get it. EGK as then there's Coach Josh. Then there's Mr. S. Each person is different. Mr. Ezzy, people come up to me and they'll be like, can I get a dollar? Can I get whatever? Mr. Ezzy's going to give me advice. Great, great, Mr. Ezzy. Some people only come this far. So this is my school me. This is my online me. I never get shocked or I never get overly impressed by these people when they come to me this way. <clears throat> because they only know Mr. Ezzy and so they'll be like, I, I only rock with Mr. Ezzy because Mr. Ezzy gets me whatever. I only rock with Coach Josh because whatever, whatever. But not everybody's okay with staying for this person. Some people only came to you because of school you. Some people only came to you because you, you cool online. But most people won't stay offline to be really a good friend to the real you. When I was doing my ministry with that video, man, we have 70 to 120 people coming all the time. And, and people, I got confused. I thought people loved me. 
I thought people really loved me. I was like, man, great. We got so many people. I had people volunteering, up to 20 people volunteering. We people was giving money. It was great, great, great. Do you know what happened when I got engaged? Let me tell you what happened to, to, to the downhill spiral of my ministry at the time. Man, we had girls coming all over the place, right? Girls, uh, if I show you videos, a uh, piece right now, you'll see uh, it was four girls to every one guy. Right? They didn't care I was dating my wife. They didn't care because they was hoping it collapsed. The day I posted, I was at Chris' house. We had barbecue chicken on notice. We had, and I got on my knee and proposed to my wife then. The next Thursday, after the picture went up on Instagram, the next Thursday, who was not there? The girls left. Dang. It's official, official. So now... I'm a, I, I can't stay. When the girls leave, who then leaves after the girls? The guys. If I showed you a video right now, let me see if I can find it. This is the last day I did whatever I did. Let me see. Um, This right here was the last day. What calls it went share this broadcast to as many people as you can. Uh, for we're gonna be really going into deep it detail. It went from big room, medium room, and we in this little small room with how many people? This guy stayed for a little bit. It was just me and her. My wife one day said she felt bad for me. She was like, should we even continue with this? Because I feel like I'm destroying your ministry. I said, I'd rather that be destroyed than my future marriage with you. That was the last day of that way of me doing ministry. So imagine you going from 150 people to 70 people to, to 40 people to 20 people to two people now. Do you know how hard it was for me to put that video up? Sometimes people only come to you for what you can offer and not you as the offering. So you have to know God knows yourself and you got to know others, man. People are fickle. They are fair weather. You want all weather friends, not fair weather friends. You want people that's there fall, winter, <laughs> spring, and summer. When do most people want to come and stay in your life? What seasons? Huh? Summer. Why summer? More shine. More shine? Let me tell you something about life. Man, I got so many notes up here. We cooking today. All right. So all of us are a tree. We got some fruit on it. When people come to your life, they only want to come into your life for the fruit and the what? The shade. Some people only come to you because of the fruit they can get from you and how to cool off. But what happens when fall comes? Fall is when everything falls. But fall is so beautiful, though. Don't, it's crazy when death is beautiful. Leaves turn from what color to what color? They turn from green to yellow, to orange, to brown, then to the ground. 
Then this guy's like, ooh, let me put on the jacket. It's getting kind of cold. That girl saying, and he he ain't he ain't he don't got it no more. So the fruit not there no more. Fruit ain't there no more. All you is barking branches. Do you know that's the most beautiful season? Is when things fall apart. I'm so glad that that ministry fell apart. It showed me that the only one worth staying for was my wife because she was the one that stayed. Now, what if she was after my money? <laughs> what if she was after the way I looked? What if she was after the way that ministry made her feel seeing her man up there doing things? She would have left too. So if I would have, if fall never would have came into my life, I would have never knew who was going to still be there for me. You want people that would tend the tree, not leave the tree. Winter. These are four seasons you're going to have in your life. Fall is when things fall apart. You really see who your friends are. You really see who's really rocking with you. Winter is when you see if you're rocking with you. <laughs> fall is one note. Are they rocking with me? Winter is, all right, man. <laughs> Why is winter important? The soil goes through a cycle that the cold purifies the soil. The most valuable asset is the what? The soil. What does the soil produce? The roots. What does soil produce? The nutrients. So, for instance, People look at dirt as burial. We look at dirt as being planted. If your mindset is, I'm buried in this situation, you'll never grow in that situation. But if your mindset says, I'm planted, I'll grow. Now, winter says, I don't look attractive no more. I don't got this no more. <clears throat> now we really see if you truly understand seasons, because now... You're like, oh, I have nothing to show for myself. I have no friend. You know, you know where Do you know that same ministry I took the bus to? I was without a car for like six months, seven months. I took a bus to talk to 70 people. The preacher took the bus, took the light rail. When Pastor Gu opened up Campus 3 for me, I took the bus downtown, took the light rail all the way to whatever, walked to Campus 3, set up the facility with some people, and then preached, and then had the hope that I got a ride home. So obviously that didn't look too cool, but it built some character in me. Winter is when the ground recycles. So it can provide more nutrients, better nutrients for the tree. Spring is when things begin to spring. All right, cool. We got little, little leaves now. You know what I'm saying? But you humble, though. You know winter may come again and winter will come again. And the reason why summer is valuable is because it's harvest time. You have to know people, man. People will only come to your life for spring and summer. And as soon as you ever broke up with somebody or, or you uh, was friends someone and then they left you because your, your life wasn't attractive. And then, then when, when they see you popping off, they come back around again. They ain't like your stories. They ain't like nothing you did. But now when they think that you own the cusp of something, now they want to cuff something. You see what I'm saying? That's why you got to know you so good. Because, listen, one thing, my, oh, man, my mom... OG, man, my mom, man, she put me on game, bro. Like, my mom was like, never give someone a second chance who didn't take care of the first chance. Some people don't deserve a second chance. 
You got to love yourself so well that you let people. Listen, one thing, I have an open door policy for anybody in my life. I don't close no door for no one. I have an open door policy. You can leave if you want to. Right? Some of us, we just let people, we're, we're revolving doors. <laughs> open door. When someone leaves your life, change the locks. Because <laughs> even if they have a key to your heart, they can't get into your new one. I'm dropping game today. I hope y'all getting this. Let's keep going and we'll be done. Understanding breeds empathy. Understanding breeds empathy. Felt empathy breeds cooperation. So, like for instance, you have to know, and there's ways to look online, which personalities you don't really connect with and some personalities you do connect with. So when I know God, know myself, know others, then I can have empathy. So for instance, no matter what student comes across my life, I don't let them get under my skin. I don't even, let, I don't even get uh, offended or upset with a kid because I have empathy. Maybe that kid didn't get no sleep that night. Maybe that kid has a rough home. Maybe that kid is going through whatever. So I can't be all about me. Right? So sometimes your peers is just all about what makes you you. Knowledge is power, but applying knowledge in power. So when I know God, know myself, and know others, people think knowledge is power. That's just you have the power. It's like having a phone that's fully charged, but you don't use it. It's got the power to go to Instagram. It has the power to go to TikTok. It has the power to do it. But if I don't apply it, it's just going to be slowly dying. How many of us, oh, that's powerful, God. How many of us are charged at 100% when we came into life and we're just slowly dying? If you leave a phone uncharged, over time, it's going to slowly be 98% charged, 95% charged. 92% charge, 50% charge, 2% charge. What do you do every day with your phone before you go to bed? You charge it. It's crazy we charge our phone. We have the common sense enough to charge our phones every day, but we don't charge our souls every day. And so now, your battery, your phone got more charge than you. Your, ba your, your phone got more battery life than you. Because how can you apply? If this phone was dead, solid. can I go to TikTok? If this phone was dead, can I go to Instagram? If this phone was dead, can I check all my unnecessary apps? You know, it's funny. Our kids got, y'all probably got like seven apps on your phone, right? Adults, we be having 40 apps. <laughs> we just be picking apps and we don't even be really applying them. But <clears throat> how can, all of us are like a cell phone. And we all got certain applications. And the issue is, it's hard for us to apply with a dying battery. So now, in order for me to empower somebody, I got to transfer that power to somebody. Knowledge is what you know about the ledge. Application is what you do from You see the little guy right there? Knowledge is to that ledge. Jumping off that ledge means you apply the knowledge. So you know, see, for instance, I know to lose weight. I know Thanksgiving is coming. So I know I got to lose about 15 pounds just to gain eight. I got to lose about 17 just because his, his, his grandmama, my mama, you know, cupcakes, cakes, sweet potato casseroles, turkey, carb-filled days, bro. Yeah. Now is what you know to the ledge. This is what you know. You know at this point. This is all you know. What you do determines if you have wings. Are you really ready to fly into the application? Last but not least, and I'm done. You can't understand what you've never stood under. Understand. Look at the word understand. You can't understand what you never stood under. When people come to me, 
They get powerful advice because I stood under that before. I stood under suicide thoughts before, so I understand what you're going through. I stood under betrayal, so I know what you're going through. I stood under not having a dad in my house, so I understand what you're going through. I stood under that before. I know it's like to be under that cloud. I know what it's like to have that rain hit you. I've been under there. But when you stand under something, for those who know, whoever squat, my football players, football players that squat, when you stand up under that weight, right? At first, there are certain weights you couldn't lift. You squatted and someone had to help you. Hey, man, hey, 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 right? But after a few reps, listen. <laughs> but after a few reps, right? That same weight, that's a word, that same weight that was too heavy, that you couldn't stood under, now you understood something. Now when you squat again, but the issue in life is we scared to put more weight on. How can I get stronger if I don't add no more plates to it? Some of us, we're just stuck at a certain weight and we wonder why we can't lift certain things. That's why God adds plates to your weights. Because he knows, or to your bar, he adds more weight so that you can actually get strong again. So God's like, just stand under that pain a little bit longer. Just stand up in that situation a little bit longer. Because when somebody needs you to spot them, you'll spot them. Any questions? We good? All right.